This is Ottoman Turks, and you're listening to the Cloudwatcher Uno podcast. Yeehaw! This is a non-sponsored segment showcasing Roundup by Ottoman Turks. And now, let's listen in to the podcast. Hello. Hello, hello. Hey. How's it going? Hey. Hey. All right. Hey, hey. <laughs> and we're waiting on Paul. You don't say. Yeah. You ask for the full Turks experience, you get the full Turks experience, I which usually... I want the full Turks experience. <laughs> uh, includes Paul being late for things, I think. <laughs> hey, there's no judgment here. <laughs> That's good. Judgment he's free gonna, zone. He's gonna start setting his drums up in about five minutes here. <laughs> right. It only takes him an hour. <laughs> One hey, piece Will. at a time. 
Yeah. Turn your phone sideways. Um, you got a new, you got a new background. I did. No, last time you interviewed me, you had a, you had books behind you. Yes, 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 yes. I'm trying to shake it up. I like that. Looks good. So I mean, I'm just, I'm just gonna start. I mean, I, I, I know we're waiting on one, one more, but welcome okay. to the podcast. Yeah, welcome. yeah. Thanks for having us. Good Feels to be good here. Feels good to be here. Excellent. Um, I just have to say thank, thank you very much. Uh, um, and I know that you, Nene, kind of shared it out with with me, and it's kind of blown my mind. So yeah. Uh, bow down to you for letting, letting, <laughs> well, there's no need for that but thank you i'm glad you like it yeah you're one of the first people who's actually gotten ears on it outside of uh you know us and the label pretty much so oh there's paul hey. <laughs> i don't think you can hear us yet uh, it's working. Audio. but yeah thanks man I i'm really glad you like it we're excited to get it out there you know it's been a long time coming so yeah it's good because the first album came out in 2019 yes yeah and then uh, uh some of the tracks that are on this record actually were recorded when we recorded the first album we'd always known that there was going to be a part two to it uh, uh that was just always part of the plan because we had so many songs from our years of playing that were just unrecorded uh that you know it was, it was more than one album could hold so um yeah so this is part two well, they always say, you know, part two some, sometimes is even better than the original, you know. Empire I hope so. Empire Strikes Back, Godfather 2. Right. I'd love an <laughs> Empire Strikes Back moment here uh, with this album. <laughs> Someone needs to bring in the lightsaber right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you give me a sec, I can find one, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So how did you guys all get together then? Oh boy, that's a uh... Nathan. You can go ahead and share the oral tradition. Break it down. Uh, let's see. Many many moons ago, uh, in high school, I guess Will and I went to high school together. I had just transferred out of a school that Paul and I went to school together. We've known Paul and I have known each other since seventh grade. I think was when we met. It's yep. a long time. We're old now. In case you need, if you're wondering, uh, that was a long time ago. Um, and then Will and Josh have known each other uh, since what, like kindergarten or something? Long time. First yeah. grade for yeah. me. First grade for Josh. First. Wow. Um, so sort of it was just a perfect storm of things coming together. Uh, Paul and I had played in a band together that was sort of in the process of breaking up because um, its lead member was going to college and. Uh, I had just gotten into a bunch of new music, a bunch of like country sort of roots, like Americana type stuff. I guess you call it Americana now, but I, I didn't know that term back then. I'm not sure if it existed. Um, and Will, uh, he his mom is like a jazz singer and stuff. So he was raised in that kind of thing. So we all sort of came together uh, to play music just because we loved music and wanted to do it. And so we played in my parents' garage for a long time or like practiced in the garage. And uh, Josh wasn't part of the band initially, uh, mostly because my ex-girlfriend had told me that he was terrible and I shouldn't be friends with him. And I believed her uh, for some reason. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Yeah. Have you seen this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, that wasn't around back you then. Were slow motion. <laughs> uh, Josh, well, yeah. Josh was like pretty, pretty adjacent to the band, <laughs> though, like the whole time. True. There, I mean, he was writing guitar parts for us yeah. <laughs> before he was even in the band, and it was constantly talked about. Yeah. Hey, maybe Josh could fill in on guitar here. And I was always like, nah, nah, we're not, we can't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm willing to admit that I was wrong, obviously. It, the band didn't truly start till Josh joined, I think. Uh, we were just gearing up for it, you know. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you are all to do together, 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 because, you, you know, um, just amazing songs that you've got on the, the new new album. I mean, my my favorites have to be Zoot Step Life Lightning. I love that track. Uh, in, you know, uh, you got cigarettes and alcohol. There's that <laughs> line in there. You don't need a wife, just alcohol. <laughs> Genius. Uh, you got thirty five to life. Uh, Traveling blues. I, I think it's the most. You could say the most country of the songs I've ever think. Yeah, that's, that's me, me anyway. Yeah, and no, then, for sure. And then you've got the goth country, which is militant pre preacher. Yeah, I, that's a good term for it. I was going to say, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> goth country. Well, we are. We really like that track too. So I'm glad that you picked that one out because uh, it is sort of different, even for us. Uh, and we were excited to get that one out there. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, what what is, I mean, are you, do you now in, in these times, are you allowed to, to be, to go, 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 how was the album recorded? Uh, we were lucky in that most of the stuff for the second album we got done in February. So before, like a February of 2020. So before everything, you know, shut down. Um, and then obviously like lockdown happened. I know y'all have had like more lockdowns over there than we have, right? Like we just had the one. Uh, it's just, it's just beyond a joke now. It's just... Yeah, right. You well, we haven't figured out. anything out over here either. Well, so. I mean, it's, it's, a com it's like a complete year and they still haven't done any, anything, right? Right, yep. Same All here. you have to do, it's not rocket science. We're an island, island. That does help. Right. Cut us off for six weeks. <laughs> right. No one fly in. No one fly out. Everyone shut your doors. That's it. Job's done. Yeah. No. We just have one yeah. lockdown, a second lockdown. Now we're in yeah. the third lockdown. Everyone is literally, it, it's the first day it snowed in about three years. Oh, really? People have acted like they've never seen snow before. <laughs> Everyone's outside. We only had the one lockdown, and I still think everybody forgot how to drive or do anything normal or be normal. <laughs> so I don't know what's like better or worse, honestly. But we're figuring it out, you know, one day at a time, everybody in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I have to say, just it's. It's like the the sound that you've got out out there. Um, it's unlike anything else that I've heard. And thank God for that because everything else seems to be so. And 
I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to disparage the 90% of music that's out there, but it all seems to be middle of the road. Yeah. Well, I, that's a high praise and we appreciate that. But yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I think for Turks, we uh, don't see any problem with combining all of our influences, you know, together in a big mismatch of styles or whatever, um, which sort of puts out something strange and, and different that a lot of people, I don't know if they are understand or, or are ready for necessarily, but or it's a lot more fun. <laughs> well, I think like Josh said about oh, in another interview that we did talking about how like we started out trying to be a straight country act, but True. it just, you know, we couldn't solidify it and, and really reach like the level that maybe some of the other country musicians were on, like having like a pedal steel and just a really, really like good um, technical country guitarist and everything. So like I think a lot of Americana acts are kind of striving for a very particular sound, whereas yeah. we have more fun pulling it from a lot of different areas and not kind of falling into one genre, you know? For sure. Yeah, I don't think it's, I think it's less focused on, hey, we should try to sound like this. Um, and more what we've done is saying, hey, this is what we're bringing to the table. Let's mix it up and let's see what happens. Right. And, and what, which, how do we make it ours, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I mean, like I think, think Oscar Wells says that the, the, the best way, like, um, don't try to be like everyone else. Be like yourselves, right? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is often just as hard as trying to be like somebody else. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. I think. Go on. Oh, sorry. Just that we, you know, we were trying to be, uh, country, and in figuring out how to do that. Um, you know, sometimes you realize you're not necessarily good at the thing you're trying to be and you have to pivot if you want to keep going. And we did. And, um, you know, that's, it's good to be different. It's also difficult to be different. Sometimes, uh, people are confused on what, you know, what bands to put us on a lineup with, or right. do we get played on a rock station or do we get played on a country station? Yeah. You know, what? you know what magazines are going to write about us are, are they americana right you know is it no depression or is it rolling stone you know it's kind of so yeah. being in the middle has its difficulties too but it is extremely uh fulfilling creatively for sure yeah, yeah it's also it's hard to like get a opening slot that makes sense when you're like a loud party band that doesn't fit in anywhere <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> Cause you're blowing, yeah, you're blowing like country acts out of the water, just energy wise. And then, yeah, it's just an interesting little mix. I, I think, um, what, what this album show shows is, you know, as long as the songs are strong, then you, you know, you, you, you're able to express yourselves in your own voice voices. Well, I think that's part of what, and we've talked about this a couple times before as a band, but like what drew me to country music in the first place and why we like operate, even though we may not sound country under the country banner is because it's all sort of about strong songs, right? Like, you know, the classic country song is just like, you, you almost feel it in your bones, even if it's just simple uh, and you've heard a song like it a billion times, it's still a good song. And so that's kind of how we always come at 
I think making a Turk song is just, you know, something very solid and, and, and you get the point and, you know, I don't know, it's, it's more appealing that way, widely appealing, something like that. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, have to, I have to say, it's not just the songs that, that you bring your energy, it's your videos as well. Oh, yeah. I just, I just love the, the, the last one that you released. What, what was the genesis for that? Oh, boy. Uh, how would you? like? <laughs> um, I guess partially the content of the songs always sort of inspires where we try and go with the videos, right? Um, and so we've written songs about, like, 35 to Life is literally about JFK uh, coming back to life and seeking revenge on Dallas, the city that killed him. And so I think it was Josh's idea originally maybe to have uh, to represent that literally in a video um, in some sort of like slasher style way. Uh, and so we just sort of have fun with it. You know, we try and express who we are as people through our videos too, and not, you know, uh, play it up too much, I guess. But um, I think we've been like, I mean, not to say we're inspired by ourselves, but we're definitely trying to one-up ourselves on each video. Like after Glass Bottles was a really fun video to shoot because it was really just a guy following us around throughout the day of a show. Right. We were just hanging out and afterwards, and it was a really good time. And we're like, hey, that was really fun. Um, let's kind of one-up it with apathy. And I think that we've continued to do that. And I already have like pretty high aspirations for videos on the next album. They're just getting ridiculous and having fun. And I think it, it comes across in the videos that way. Most of the time, it's just us hanging out, like with some <laughs> like random thing thrown in there to to make it more interesting, you know. As just the fact that we've been, you know, the same band since, like like Nathan said, like we've been Ottoman Turks as it is when Josh joined. The fact that it's been us since when was that, Josh? Like 2012, 2013? Twelve. September yeah. of twenty twelve. Yeah. So when you. When we've been doing this together for going on eight years, it all just kind of comes naturally. And so you don't really have to fake the fun and fake the joy of actually being together. And we just stick a camera there and sometimes some fake blood, like good stuff. Yeah, happens. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. it helps that we've had some really great directors too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we've been able to work with directors that we're comfortable with that are our friends as well. Yeah. So that makes it easier. Uh, because being on camera is awkward so like having someone there shooting it that we know helps a lot yeah and i think roughing it the way that we have for almost 10 years like you kind of have no choice but to love what you're doing and enjoy it or else I mean. right well yeah so much of being in a band is so difficult all the time that uh you know you take the fun parts when you can and try and milk them for all all they got so I, I, know, I, know, I know that uh, Josh Joshua's got like a phenomenal work ethic. He's, he's like, you know, pre pre COVID, he was doing really ridiculous amount of shows. Is that an ethos that the band has as well? To just to, just to be out on the road as much as possible. That's not something that we've really done yet, uh, just partially because we all have, you know, jobs and lives and things like that, that it hasn't lined up. We, I mean, we do try and get out and, and, and hit the road as much as we can. Um, but it's not to say that in a post COVID world, uh, that's not a possibility. 
we do try and work really hard at what we can do. That's why, I mean, that's partially why we put so much uh, effort into our videos and things like that, just so that we have a representation of ourselves that we can put out there without necessarily hitting the road, uh, you know, 200 dates out of the year. Josh is lucky and has it easy because he's just one guy that can get in a car and go drive some place <laughs> and play a show. It's a lot harder to get four guys to a place to play a show, you know? True. It's exponentially harder to get a band on the road than it is to get one person on the road. Yeah. Or even booked. And there, yeah. you know, there are three solo projects within Turks. I mean, Nathan has True. his own thing. I have my own thing and Josh does too. So. And Paul's an Coord- engineer. And, you know, everything is kind of like, you know, we like to think everything kind of has a symbiotic relationship and one thing supports the other. Um, so, you know, if Josh is on the road, Turks definitely get some benefit out of that, you know, for sure. Um, and, and vice versa. So uh, even if we're not always on the road, there's someone out there kind of supporting uh, the act in a way. And when Nathan plays solo, a lot of times that's basically a, a solo Ottoman Turk show. Yeah. as well because he mm-hmm. plays a lot of our he plays a lot of the ottoman turk songs and i think sometimes you even bring merch along i do have. yeah mm-hmm. so it's kind of like we're there i will say we all take a lot of pride in our live shows just as ottoman turks um and i kind of think that you know you really don't get the entire picture of ottoman turks until you get us in a live setting uh so coming out of covid i would love to play really as many shows as we can because <laughs> gotta right. miss it um so yeah once we get out of out of here hopefully we can start hitting the road a little bit more and get some more shows under our belt that's true i'm convinced that uh given the right circumstances and a good room and a good crowd and good sound that we can blow pretty much anybody away with our live show yeah and that's um you know <laughs> but uh, you know, like I, some people hang their hat on their records, some on their, you know, their, their writing on their production, whatever. I think our thing is really what we're best at is putting on a fun show that That's makes good. people want to have a good time. And so, um, anybody listening to this should book us. We're really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we'll come, uh, play shows in the UK. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, that is kind of a weird thing that if you tell people like, oh, we have, you know, country roots and there's a lot of people like, eh, I don't listen to country. And it's like, well, yeah, if you expect travel and blues for, you know, an hour and a half, then yeah, you won't like us, but we're not travel and blues for an hour and a half. So you don't really, you really don't get the entire picture if you're not willing to jump in and the live shows is really where we can kind of show everything that we have. But also if you like country music, we will play 35 <laughs> to life. loud that's more than three chords (laughs) yeah so um are there little lyrics just uh, coming from nathan or is it a group effort how how does it work yeah it's pretty much all the songs that we've got uh uh out i guess all are just my songs pretty much but they wouldn't be certainly lyrically they're all mine uh the band doesn't really contribute much to that uh unless it's really bad and they're like what is that line (laughs) um but uh musically all the songs i think would not sound remotely like they sound if not for the turks treatment I'll, i'll usually bring like a shell of a song chords and lyrics 
and melody to the band and we'll learn it together and sort of change it as we go like well what if we tried this and Josh will do like a, a add a bridge or something like that a musical bridge that we can put in uh, and we'll change the arrangement completely based on what we think will play best you know with Turks and so the songs become something completely different even though I wrote technically the music and the lyrics but whatever guess. Paul decides to play on drums <laughs> that does drive a lot <laughs> yeah nathan's like i brought this nice soft country song and paul's uh-huh. like nah it's a rock song yep <laughs> i guess what <laughs> got a couple breakdowns in it now too. yeah i guess that's probably another reason that we keep saying that we're country is because nathan brings us country songs and, and we turn them <laughs> so they are country songs <laughs> at um, some point <laughs> but then that's yeah. why i can still play them solo but they sound pretty right. different <laughs> And yeah, I mean, everything we have out is Nathan's. When I joined the band, it was kind of shared duty, kind of like anybody could bring something to the table. And, um, you know, we had quite a few songs of of, uh, Billy's that we would do. And I had a couple that we would do that ended up becoming my solo songs. But um, over time, we realized that we were just better at playing Nathan's songs. Like, it made him more it, it sounded like Ottoman Turks and it made a more cohesive set and sound to play Nathan's songs. And that's how they ended up on the records. And I think it makes the most sense that way. Yeah. I mean, I think most people would laugh if you, they heard me or Josh sing uh, my dog. It just <laughs> doesn't come across the same way. And I think we just quickly realized what fits into the Turks box and what doesn't. That being said, uh, you mentioned Zietstack Lightning, and, and that's the first song uh, that we've put out that has uh, Josh, Will, and I all singing on it. And uh, I think y'all actually changed the lyrics a little bit to the verses that, that you sing. So technically you wrote those, uh, those Did lines. we really? <laughs> yeah. Because Josh slightly, and I chose but... not to look at the lyrics that you wrote. <laughs> right, it's just based on whatever you memorized. Like, ah, oh, that's yeah, what the word no, was, I think right? whatever you told us they were. And then yeah. we're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know we changed them. I didn't either. I mean, that's. Just I just remember when we got to pick which verse we got. I took the last one because I liked it. Just like I knew you could pick that one. That was the better <laughs> verse. I think you guys picked verses because uh, we had a demo of that song we put out from a house studio in in uh, Bryan, uh, Texas, yep. where all the guys used to live, besides me, and. Um, I think you either chose the verse before I got there or something. I don't remember. I just remember I, I chose second and, and I got the, the lamer verse, but <laughs> I like it now. It's uh, I can remember it. I'm really bad at remembering lyrics. So right. I've never forgotten that alive. I don't think knock on wood. I forget it all the time. I'm always singing either of y'all's verses for some reason. So. Wow. Oh, what do you think um, about your verse? <laughs> we definitely made the right artistic choice by just saying, hey, just shut up. <laughs> just, just stick to the drums. Paul <laughs> gets the breakdown. That's a, it's a big breakdown song. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Me and Josh get to get to have some fun together. That's always good. So for um, Middle Middleton Pre Pre Preacher, well, what's the story behind that song? Uh, so that that's a, actually a really old song that we just resurrected uh, when we recorded in, in, in February. Um, 
we it's one that i'd always i guess will did you suggest doing this one you've been suggesting it for years i think maybe yeah that was definitely um, one that i that i pushed hard so i mean that one's sort of inspired it was written when i was still sort of getting into the americana country roots uh blues canon um and and it's definitely inspired by like old spirituals and sort of like early early blues music you know that was all very vocal and um you know they had guitars with like one string on it and so all of the emotion was in that one string and their voice or whatever you know like the early players robert johnson things like that so it's definitely inspired by that and of course we are uh as ottoman turks uh mostly white guy band from Dallas, Texas, pretty far removed from that. So we aren't trying to sound like those guys, but it's inspired by it. And so we take it and make it what it is, which is like this big sort of, like you say, goth country song. Um, but I mean, you know, it's, it's literally about kind of, I guess, a spiritual battle of going out, you know, every day you wake up and, and you go outside and you sort of have to prepare yourself for whatever the day holds. And so it's kind of more or less about that in a maybe kind of a goofy goth country way. I don't know. <laughs> but I do try and even in the songs that are, are about random things like that or, or, or JFK rising from the dead, put as much realism and like true emotion into it as, as possible. Wow. I mean, um, how do you feel that those songs that have actually made it onto part two how you how you how you feel about the album now that it's all actually done and you know it's there you you can't take it any more away you can't add any any more away i uh i'll i'll start if y'all don't mind uh i think it's really relieving uh feels like a big weight kind of lifted to have these songs recorded i mean for a long time for a while there, it seemed like we were just going to be a band that played shows. <laughs> like that was kind of the extent of what we were yeah. going to do. It didn't, you know, releasing music, we just hadn't really been successful with it because we couldn't capture the sound. And so we had like a pretty dedicated following. Um, yeah. We had good, well-attended shows, um, but not really any real records to show for it. So we have this this fan base that's very familiar with uh, a large set of songs, really. And so these, you know, OT1 and 2 together kind of, it's like an anthology. It's like a history of Turks, uh, right. even though there are our first two releases. So it's kind of, um, in my opinion, it's like we get to um, take on all the, the old, the stuff that people are familiar with, put that out there, and it kind of gives us a chance to look forward now and kind of see uh, where we go from here. With, I mean, yeah, with some exciting new ones on there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that's, I think that's pretty well stated. I also would say that after releasing the first record, you're always, because we tried to make the first record as much of a heavy, you know, banger of a record as possible. And, uh, and so, you know, when we were coming to do or put the second one together, we were, it was a little bit nerve wracking, you know, like sophomore slump is always sort of a, a scary thing. But then once we finally got it all put together, I think I don't want to speak for everybody, but we're all like, maybe we like this one better than the first one. It's certainly more like it's, it's literally a complete picture of Turks from the heavy to the country. So I'm really right. excited to get this part two out too. 
Sure. Me too. And I think like just going through the process of making the first record and um, working the record after that and then getting back in the studio again and getting more familiar with John Pettigo, the, yeah. the guy who produces the record, the records. Um, I think it's a better sounding record too. Which I agree. Is which is funny oh. considering it was, you know, recorded largely at the same time. Right. Yeah. I, I guess Pettigo is probably getting better at the same time that we're getting better at playing. We just got test presses for the vinyl back. And let me tell you on vinyl, this record sings. Literally. It's, it's a, it's a fun listen. Yeah. <laughs> I love vinyl. Absolutely adore vinyl. I, it's, it's just the closest that you can actually get. I mean, in my opinion, to the live music experience, because it, it's just got that warmth. It does. That you, well, know, it, you can feel the soul in the in the in the songs and and in the process as well. You can't really. It's not something that you can do passively. So, you, like, you're automatically engaged mm -hmm. the minute you take it out of the sleeve and put it on there and get the needle um, on it. And, you know, if you put that much effort to start something, you, I mean, it's just, you listen differently to vinyl. Even if the sound quality was the exact same as it would be um, digitally, which it's not, it, you just listen differently to it. It's a difference between active and passive listening, I think. Yeah, I know getting an actual record on vinyl was one of my goals um, as a musician, musician for just for forever because I've loved collecting it for so long. So it was something that kind of seemed um at, at at some points impossible and then with safer <laughs> records and everyone actually getting it on there was an amazing feeling and then i still don't believe that they've actually like yeah. <laughs> we have a record on vinyl that you can go and pick up and hold and listen to so it, it is weird that was one of my my big goals as a musician as well and i really didn't ever know if it would uh if it would happen so to have two records with ottoman turks now you can look at you know front and you know the last 10 years of the band really before i was even in the band like uh you're only pretty when you're sad is a song that ottoman turks had on a on like a really quickly recorded uh lp a couple years before i joined the band and i would go to their shows to go see that song because i thought that song was really good so now to have played on the new version of the song and have it on vinyl and be able to hold it it's just weird um and cool the way life works i guess and along with nathan i listened to the test pressing for the second album recently and it's it's really really exciting uh, nice. i think we had kind of a better idea going in like how we want all the puzzle pieces to fit in uh and i think we i think we did a really good job with this one i'm excited to get it out there have fun. I love all the art too and inserts, all that. It's a it's a nice it's a tasty little experience for your uh, eyeballs. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah, that's the other good thing about vinyl. The art should be you know as big as you can make it. So mm -hmm. true. You can't yeah. get that out of a CD or uh, John Barbary did a great job. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. there's nothing like as you as you said. You know, you're actually holding it in <laughs> your hands. It's really there, true. and then. You take it out of the sleeve, and then you've actually got to physically get up. It's not yeah. <laughs> right. or anything yeah. like that. You know, you got to actually go to the turn and turn the table, put it on, and then 
you've got to put side B on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first half definitely got to pass the test. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and if your favorite song is at the end of a slide, it's like too bad. You got to earn it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um. So, what what are your guys' um favorite 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 experiences of hearing music? What what, what was the songs for you that just blew your minds? Oh boy. Uh. Well, okay, here, this is an easy one. This is sort of a, a softball or whatever. Um, but part of the reason Turks exists is because I was introduced to the music of Tom Waits. And uh, it was, uh, I guess it was about 2010 or something like that, maybe 2009. And a friend had burned a CD and I quickly went and I'll admit I bootlegged like all his entire discography and just like absorbed mm -hmm. it and soaked in it. It's all I listened to probably for like two years, realistically. Will would know that this is true. Uh, and, and so a huge part of my inspiration in everything, songwriting and everything was Tom Waits. And it just, I think it legitimately changed my life. I was in college at the time, we're going into college and uh, it just quickly became more and more apparent that what I wanted to do with my life was play music. So, uh, and it was definitely Tom Waits fault, at least partially. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, piggyback off that. I, I, you know, I say I grew up, I grew up with alongside them, but I was going to Nathan and Paul's band show the hot tickets. And I was always like in the front row singing along with songs. I had so much fun going to those shows. And then I was also going to Josh's shows, his band, uh, Dan and the stage bang and Raymond and all of them and just watching him shred on stage. And I was like, man, I want to, I want to get up there and do that. And so uh, definitely all three of these guys, like their bands, were big inspirations for me to like, Hey, I want to play music. Um, but I can also say that Tom Waits was too, which Nathan introduced, uh, me to Tom Waits in high school. And it was kind of like the first song I heard, I, it was really scary. And then the second one, I was like, this is it, this is it. I'm going to deep dive into it. So I think, yeah, all the guys in the band have pretty, uh, been pretty inspirational to me in that way. Um, I know, I know a big one for me, because I know Josh was talking about how we take a country song and then I kind of mess it up <laughs> by <laughs> bringing whatever drums I want into it. But growing up, it was always a yearly tradition for my sister and I to go to, to Warp Tour. Uh, and we saw all those like pop punk bands and all that. Um, but she always, you know, because I was obviously a lot smaller than and she was my older sister. So she'd explain to me like how you have to survive in the pit um, and, you know, <laughs> kind of protect yourself. And so that kind of always had the idea for me that like shows should be intense and sweaty and messy and kind of a little bit aggressive and so well, that's kind of give for yeah. to play warp tour <laughs> that would be awesome and and so that was kind of like the way i the feeling i always brought in this shows is like okay well we need to get things moving it should be it should be fun it should be fast it should be exciting um because that's what i always love i love coming out of pits and being just sweaty and exhausted um you know it should be kind of it should be kind of a workout in a way um I guess the, the question was what inspired the music that influenced Ottoman Turks, right? Yeah. Um, I guess for me, what, in, what inspired me to want to play electric guitar past a certain age? I mean, I wanted an electric guitar when I was little and I was playing acoustic, but um, I guess the first thing I really like sank my teeth into and it blew my mind and I was like, well, you can you can do that and you don't it doesn't have to all be like technical and just like make noise 
um, was uh, Jack White. I heard Ball in a Biscuit um, when I was 13, I guess, like a couple months after Elephant came out. One of my friends had it uh, on CD and let me borrow it. And I listened to it. And that whole summer, me and my friend, we would practice in his attic for like four hours a day. I pretty much lived at his house and we would just see how long we could uh, jam on like blues riffs, just guitar and drums for like, you know, we'd set a timer. We're like, okay, we're gonna now we're gonna play for 45 minutes and not stop. And a lot of that was uh, was just because of hearing Jack White's guitar tone, which I think, you know, you can hear some of in Ottoman Turks music still. Jack still, White is sprinkled all over Turks for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I still use octave pedals. I still use fuzz pedals. Um, yeah, and it was just like playing with emotion and not having to, you know, write technical parts. Or, technical parts are good too, but... Um, it was the first time I saw guitar as like an expressive instrument. Like you didn't have to write lyrics or sing even if you played guitar with enough emotion. So wow. Jack White kind of opened my eyes up to that. And I try to bring that to Ottoman Turks with the stuff that I write for the band.
soon we're back. We just have to wait for Paul now. And wait. <laughs> hey, there he is. Hey. All right. Well, lots mm. happened since we last saw each other. Oh, God. Nathan, I like that shirt. Oh, is that a new one? Yeah, it's my cousin, actually. She is an artist, and she worked at Kohl's, I think, and she designed this shirt. What? And so her mom gave it to everyone, literally everyone in the family for Christmas. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, Kohl's produces her I, I, shirt now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Esther Araujo, everybody. She's amazing. Look her up. She's good. Can she design stuff for me? That's like what I wear all the time. Yeah, I mean, you could go to Kohl's. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I imagine she could. She does really cool stuff. Will, your phone? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Excellent. And so we were just get, get, getting into the meat of it, um, just, just saying your experiences. Um, what what I want to find out now is um, the Rerech was going to be re released in March. Yes. Yeah. So what is the plan for world domination then? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm not really, really excellent question. Sure how anyone dominates the world these days. You just sort of go for it and hope for the best. I mean, okay, here, I can sum it up if y'all are willing to hear me out for a moment. Um, I think our general uh, uh, the consensus for this band is that we just try really hard and go for it and try and do what we do. And, uh, you know, generally, I think we found that being, uh, if you want to uh, uh, be cliche about it, true to ourselves has yielded results that we're proud of. And we've gone places and done things like getting vinyl produced and, you know, signing to a record label and playing shows that are at venues that we never thought we'd play. We've generally gotten those things just slowly but surely by, you know, trying to be as good as we can be. So, you know, I don't know if that's a plan for world domination. I guess that's my plan. <laughs> you know, you, because man plans and God laughs continually, right? So it, the more you try and make things happen generally, the more you're going to be disappointed. So I try and keep my expectations relatively low. Uh, that being said, though, we do aim to be the biggest band in the world. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think the plan is, I mean, in a post COVID world, uh, I think, you know, we got on the road more uh, in 2019 than we had ever really been and established some good relationships uh, in places outside of Dallas, finally. And um, I think the goal is to capitalize on, on those relationships and, and kind of just slowly expand out uh, with Josh being on the road as much as he is and um, jobs. All, it's hard to get out. So we kind of have to like create a well-beaten path. And that's, that's been what's worked for us. And so slowly um, expanding on that is kind of the goal. For sure. That yeah. sounds better. <laughs> I, I'm still all about spreading our music to as many people as we as we can. Uh, I think that's kind of always been the thing. It's still the thing, uh, which is tough in COVID. But you know, outside of that, last year we got, or excuse me, in 2019, we got to play <laughs> our first <laughs> our first shows outside the state, uh, and that was a big one for me uh, to be able to, you know, expand a little bit. And you know, not even at Texas so big, like getting to San Antonio, Houston, Austin, is a feat in and of itself. Um, 
so really just more and more shows for me it would be amazing uh eventually some somehow getting over getting over the pond into the uk and europe i would i would love that yeah <laughs> we <want> you, yeah <laughs> we'll smuggle uh, some lone star i don't know yeah there we go <laughs> um so yeah just getting the music out there to as many people we can is what i want to do
And how do you feel in, in, in these post-COVID times has um, social media played a part in, part in all of this? Uh, it always has, I think, but now it's like everything, right? <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, there's pros and cons to it. I really like interacting with people on, I mean, we wouldn't be doing this without Instagram, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's pretty amazing. So there's definite pros. You also have to like, be careful that you're not just on it all the time and worried about it all the time because it's sort of out, out of your hands, uh, uh, anyway, but we, we do like making posts and interacting with people and, you know, uh, all that's really fun. So it's very important though. <laughs> It's a it's a group effort too. Like we kind of split up the social media duty. Paul handles all of our Twitter pretty much. Yes. And Nathan's more of an Instagram guy. And then we all kind of, you know, do our best to manage Facebook. <laughs> um so we split it up and for the most part, you know, like now more than ever, you have to figure out what your voice is and be consistent with it so people feel like they're interacting with a real person and it took a long time for us to figure out how as four people with very different uh ways of, of communicating and you know different senses of humor and different you know just being four different people how to find like a cohesive uh voice online where people felt like they were really getting to know all of us at the same time and i feel like we've in the last couple of years we've done a really good job of managing that yeah, I think the content, you know, we haven't gotten to see each other a ton, uh, obviously, but when we have, yeah. the content comes pretty quick when we start farting around. Like <laughs> one one Instagram story can kind of turn into a chain of like 50 if <laughs> just the same in, inside joke over and over again. Sure. Yeah. I guess that goes back to the uh, 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 music video thing. The music videos that we've shot during the COVID stuff have been some of the only times that we've gotten to hang out so you can definitely see that in the music videos well i i have a very humble request when you're doing a live stream can you please do it at the time that the rest of the world are awake <laughs> yes <Please>. well, <laughs> there's a teeny tiny little request here From the for UK. sure we've only done full band we've only done the one uh i know <laughs> but there might be more <laughs> and we'll do it at a better time well you know what this is still sort of a new you know like we didn't think we'd ever have vinyl we certainly never thought we'd have people in different time zones that listen to us you know i kind of figured it'd be my mom for yeah it's yeah it's usually wives girlfriends and parents right <laughs> which is great no, no band can get started without that uh, yeah. core base i'm not sure what i'd do if my mom didn't like us <laughs> we'd have nowhere to practice yeah we practice in our backyard right now so we can be outside. Still, we all thought we grew up and got our own places and then COVID hit. None of us have a place nice enough to practice outside. So we had to go back to Nathan's parents' house. <laughs> My mom's got the only neighbors that don't complain. So, <laughs> Wow. That's amazing. So um, is there a way that you see that, concerts and gigs can actually go back to where it was pre-COVID or are we living in a, I think it's Flaming Lips just re recently did a concert where 
each person was in a giant protective uh -oh. bubble, right? I saw that, yeah. That just happened a few nights ago. Yeah. And a couple of my friends were at the show and they said it was awesome. Kind that of. is pretty cool. I, yeah, I saw great. some uh, an article on Wuhan where the virus uh apparently originated and they're like kind of back to normal i saw like pictures of shows and everything so hopefully um if everyone can take it seriously we can get back to things um i think you know obviously there's some things that are just gonna be different forever whether that's for better or worse i don't i don't know but uh hopefully we'll all have a greater appreciation for uh what we're doing <laughs> that's for sure yeah and I, I feel like concerts are such a thing that people love and are so like integral to sort of who we are as humans that there's no way that it can't come back eventually. I just don't know when that's going to be. Like, you know, go back to the way it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're adapting for now, um, be it through live shows or bubbles or we had, um, you know, pods like we did for an outdoor show. Right. Uh, I think soon enough, once it's safe, people are going to be itching to get back. Um, and I think we'll get to a point where it'll be close to what it was, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, we could technically go have shows right now, but there's, there's a, a, you know, a duty that the musicians have as well to like try to keep everyone safe and not uh, promote, you know, yeah, and that's the not absence to, of social distancing. That's yeah. not to negate anything. I mean, I think that people like Josh, his his music lends itself really well to having a socially distanced like table, mm -hmm. you know, purchased by the table show. Turks, um, we need the pit. does not really lend itself. <laughs> yeah, we you know if people can't sweat if on we each can't other, spit then on people. It's not yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing it? So uh, I, mean, I think that there's some sure. like softer softer musicians where this is you know, maybe better, better than what yeah. was uh, before in some ways. Um, but for Turks, I wouldn't uh, say that. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Our show is so high energy that we really have to have a crowd in front of us for it to work the way that we want it to. And um, I think some things will probably never go back to normal. I'm going to carry hand sanitizer forever. I'm probably I, gonna wear a mask sometimes. I yeah, <laughs> so, I'm I'm bringing my own mic to shows. Like, yeah, like I'm always gonna bring my own mic to shows now. I uh, think yeah. twice about gas station hot dogs now. It's, it's I'm a not. World. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been doing that before. No, I'm you know, not like, thinking I, twice about I, it. I did not. I every winter, I would get sick, and it would affect my shows. I didn't always cancel. Most of the time, I didn't cancel, and I probably should have because I hurt my voice a few times. But I would always play through it and be like, that's it. I get sick twice a year. I get sick in July. I get sick in December. That's how it is. And I haven't been sick in a year. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> all I had to do was wash my hands. Like, <laughs> that was right. gross. Like, although I do obsessively hand sanitize now. Um, and wearing a mask, you know, makes my allergies better. I don't know. Like there, It's, there it's warm. Yeah. Yeah. My face is warm when it's cold out. Um, so, you know, there are some things I've learned from this for sure. There are other parts of the world that have been wearing masks, you know, for years. Yeah. And so I think little things like that, that seem like big cultural changes might stick around. I don't actually know. Uh, but it seems like they could. They'll probably but, taper off, but yeah. As far as like, you know, getting drunk and sweating on each other and swaying back and forth 
and yelling and spilling beer everywhere. I think that that will probably happen sometime. I can go for that. that right now. I say a year from now. You know. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, here in the in the UK, they cancelled um, one one of the the, the big biggest con country music show. So that was country to country. So that originally was supposed to happen. 2020 now it's going to happen 2022 uh yeah. glastonbury music festival i saw that got canceled yeah. Yeah. that's not going to happen now 2022 as well uh, because it's because they can't guarantee ppe for safety whereas right you know in new zealand where you know they have a socialist government government they've managed to to have eight months of the year they've they've practically gone back to normal there i've seen, I've seen the videos pictures. yeah i've seen yeah. right and i'm just going i want that yeah. <laughs> that's pretty i want to be at concerts i want to have pictures with 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 the band i want to be going out and doing stuff me please me right <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's agonizing but you know you can't control everybody. Right. So. Yeah. And yeah. So hopefully the vaccine works. And that's why I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. you know, a year from now, uh, hopefully things will be normal enough to have a, to have a concert. Yeah. But I, I think, I think the, the, the vaccine only works if you, but in here in the in the uk they did try trialing out the different variations of the vaccine but because this government is just so incompetent they um they just, you got one of those too oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> here in the in the uk we go ha you've got trump now you don't have trump but we've still got our own genius right. in power. <laughs> i mean come on that's not fair <laughs> yeah who can you point at now Boris yeah. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you can point 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 that <sighs> takes a deep 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 <laughs> the duality there between what your government and our government's been going through in the last five years yeah. is so strange <laughs> the hair really what gets me is the crazy hair yeah. It's like, how is that possible that that could be happening in both places at the same time? It's like some weird prophecy was fulfilled or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've just heard Kenneth Branagh, theater actor to the stars, is now going yes. to play Boris Johnson. Oh, wow. They are legitimizing his. Prime Ministership. I mean, really? I mean, yeah, I'm waiting for how many Trump movies are going to come out over the next few That's years. Right. You know? We only let Alec Baldwin play. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's going to be set for life. Yes, it's he, true. Doesn't to, he, he doesn't have to do anything else. All, all we have to do is just play Trump and then that's it. I mean, he does it so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, thank you very, very much for taking the time out for being on the cloud watcher Uno pod podcast it's just been a pleasure and a joy to have the whole band here 
Thank yeah, you for we love doing it this way. Thank you for having yeah. us. We got to hang yeah. out. Those nice. Yeah, I know. This yeah. is a lot of fun for us. So Yeah, it's been really great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.